Hi, my name is Kathleen Downs. Uh, I'm an intern here at Include NYC. Uh, today I have my friend uh, Jessica Della Rosa, and we're going to be talking about her experiences as a person with a disability grow growing up with a parent who also has a disability. So, uh, Jessica, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi! So I am Jessica De La Rosa and um, so let's see, what can I say about myself? I am 33 years old and oh I currently have my puppy on my lap too, her name is Mayim, so she's here with us. You'll probably hear her snoring, my apologies. Um, so I am 33, I graduated at John Jay College a couple of years back and after that I became very active in adaptive sports. Um, I was on a competitive rowing team for a few years and I did a bunch of races and medaled and I do wheelchair ballet and contemporary wheelchair dance and I was Miss Wheelchair New York 2016 and my platform was on children with disabilities specifically in the educational system and the Miss Wheelchair New York pageant is not based on beauty and glitz and glamour and all that kind of stuff. It's more on advocacy and how we can improve uh, the disability community. And after I won that, I got to travel a lot and talk to after school programs and read to children at libraries. I got to speak with the Board of Education and talk about having uh, children with disabilities being equally included in schools. And um, so that was a lot of fun and that was really like the big start of my advocacy. And having a disability, I've always advocated, you know, from the minute I left my door, you know how that is, Kathleen, you know. Yes, um, we have to. Yeah, but I never realized how much further it goes than just advocating for yourself, you know, advocating for more, especially children. And uh, it kind of goes into a little bit what we were speaking about before, in regards to a lot of children with disabilities have parents without and they don't know the resources they don't know where to get information in regards to their children having equal access in schools and playgrounds and field trips and things of that nature so I wanted to make sure that they knew. Uh, so that leads well into my next question can you tell a, li a little bit about your family um, I know you grew up with a parent with a disability. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about that? So I have something called osteogenesis imperfecta, type 4. Uh, there are many different levels of it. Um, both my parents have disabilities, but I do not really have a relationship with my father. Um, so my mother raised me, and it was at such a different time because... When my brother was born, my grandma did not think that my mother was able to take care of my brother. So she did what she felt was in his best interest and had him uh, taken away from my mother. My grandmother adopted him. And so then my mother had me. And my mother was just like, nope, this is not happening again. I'm keeping my child and I'm going to prove them wrong. Um, and both my brother and I have 
osteogenesis imperfecta, and my mom has cerebral palsy. So when she was two, she had a fever, lost oxygen to her brain, and that's how she acquired CP. Um, and it was amazing. You know, I get all my drive, all my energy, all my independence from my mom. And I tell that to people all the time. And I remember when I was at the pageant for Miss Wheelchair America, I the judges asked me who my hero was. And it sounds so cliche to say your mom. but And I cried like a baby. And I was just like, you don't understand. It really is my mom. My mom is my everything. If it wasn't for my mom, I wouldn't be here. You know, she just taught me so much. I mean, how to move furniture, you know, to cooking, to not having everybody do everything for you. So it, it was definitely interesting and crowded in the apartment. <laughs> How does your disability affect you? <clears throat> well, with OI, I break bones, which I like to say because it makes me sound tough. I'm the bone breaker, you know, mm. but I break my own bones. Um, I can be riding and break a finger, flushing the toilet, break a finger, sneeze, crack a rib, you know. Um, so it, it affects me with physical pain and discomfort. And also, once I break something, I'm out of my physical realm. So I become more independent on the people around me for certain things, you know, getting around, moving, that kind of stuff. But other than that, I always tell people nothing stops me but a flight of stairs, and even that I'll accomplish. Mm, <laughs> those stairs, they sneak up on us. <laughs> Too often, right? <laughs> Too often. Mm, what was it like uh, growing up in a family where m multiple family members had disabilities? Well, we all learn from each other. I mean, I have a half-sister as well who has a lot. Um, so we all just picked up and learned from each other. Um, everything from transferring, you know, to how do you reach that up there. I remember there was a time where my mom and I, we needed to reach something in the closet and it was when the home attendant had already left and we were like, well, gee, we're not going to wait till tomorrow. <laughs> so my mom literally, she has spastic triplegia, so she only has use of one arm. She would pick me up with that one arm and hoist me up as far as she could and I would be like reaching up into the closet and we would get it or I would use the broom while she's holding me up and knock <laughs> it down. But we did these things, you know, all the time to get it done instead of having to wait for people. So um, it was motivating and educational and it, and it, you know, just gave me the courage that I do now, you know, and it was a different time. My mom growing up didn't have the resources that we do now which still obviously has a lot more improvements to go but it was even less back then and so she didn't get the education that she needed and you know and she still is a badass woman you know and it's phenomenal yeah she uh, de definitely definitely conquered anyway and raised a conqueror i would say <laughs> And I tell people all the time, too, you know, we I had home care, my mom had home care, but they would always, my home, my home attendants would break my bones all the time. Not intentionally, of course. Right. Changing a diaper, putting on my clothes. My mom, with her one arm, she would pick me up with one arm, scoop me up under my armpit, and place me down in one spot. Kind of like how a lion carries their cub in their mouth. You know, it looks completely painful and ridiculous, but that cub is safe.
My mother never broke a bone in my body. Never. Yet these people with two arms, two good legs there to take care of me broke me all the time. So, I mean, it, that in itself is just like, wow, you know, people get with it. <laughs> How has your uh, experience as a disabled woman with a, a parent who also has a disability shaped your perspective and your life? Definitely, I have a great appreciation for life. There she goes, you hear us, Marty? <laughs> Um, I have a great appreciation for, for life and my independence. Um, I see a lot of people who don't, and I don't mean it in a negative way, but I see people who don't try their hardest, you know, and, and my mom taught me to always try your hardest, you know, at least you do it, you say you did it, and if you fail, okay, then you ask for help, but don't lose what you have based on being lazy and have everything handed to you. Don't have this sense of entitlement. Work for what you want and what you need, what you want to do. So she's definitely helped me with that. She's helped me to be strong, to be a big mouth, to be everything, you know, that I am. And, and I mean, I hope to have kids and pass that on to her, them. Mm. You you went to mainstream school, yes. Yeah. What was that like for you? Um it definitely was great, but um I did have IEP services and that kind of thing, which screwed me over. Um in the end, which is another reason why I chose to do Miss Wheelchair New York and you know, choose to work with children with disabilities. Um, because with my I with the IEP, you know, I had I had an IEP so that I would have a para and therapy. Um, what I did not know until it was more or less too late was that you get a IEP IEP diploma and they you get socially promoted regardless of what you you were doing. Um, and unfortunately that played against me. So when I got into college, I did everything from tutoring with their tutors to having friends help me, studying my behind off, you know, working really hard and I still wasn't getting math. And I always wanted to be a medical examiner, like that was my thing. I wanted to stick my fingers in dead bodies and dissect them to the moon and back. But with the math, it just got too much, too overwhelming, and I started to talk about it with people because I noticed it wasn't working. And anyway, at, thankfully to my college, they got me tested, and I have something called math dyscalculia. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I never knew that. So I was being socially promoted because of my IEP in a mainstream school because I had a disability, not being promoted because I was working hard. You right. know what I mean? So yeah. I got rid of my IEP. So I got rid of my para and um, my therapy and all that other kind of stuff and things started to improve for me then. And right. because of my mom and her situation and not being fully educated herself, she wasn't able to advocate for me in the educational aspect of it. Okay. She made sure I had my services, but she didn't have an understanding of my work and what I was doing and that sort of right. thing. 
at the time was the IEP diploma the only option because I didn't have that experience so much when I was in school. Like, I was I was tracked for a Regents diploma even though I had an IEP. Do you think that's something that's changed since you were in school? I or? hope so. <laughs> well, I know a few other people who were, well, again, this was in dinosaur times, who went through the same thing that I did, and they had their IEP diplomas. And But thank goodness for me, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I did get rid of it, so I had a re I have a regular diploma, you know, for high school and college and all that other stuff. Right. That's just, that's just interesting for me to hear because um, I always knew the IEP diploma track was an option, but... When I was in school, there there was not so much the forcing all the people with disabilities into the IEP track. So I think hopefully we're moving towards a system where they can sort of integrate people who need services and still go for a Regents Diploma if that's what they're shooting for. Mm -hmm. And they need to let them know that it's an option. They can't just, like, say, hey, well, you have a disability, this is what you got, you know, stick with it. I don't think they encourage people with disabilities enough to be educationally motivated and work hard. I think they kind of just give up at one point. And on people with disabilities, I see it. I see it a lot, again, which is why I, I chose to advocate for that spot of it at a young age because, um, but you know, I'm saying negative about being the mainstream, but there was also a lot of positive stuff too. You know, like even I broke all the time uh, at recess. I would fall off the monkey bars, break something, but they never stopped me from doing that. They Once I healed, I went right back out in the playground with everybody else. Now you're in an age where there's so much liability issues. You know, um, my three main focuses of wanting to advocate um, uh, where these children are very important in my life. And I saw how they were being treated in school. They were not being equally treated um, at recess. They would make them sit on the sidelines while their peers played um, because they would be like, oh, it's a liability if she falls off the swing. Oh, it's a liability if he falls down the slide. You know, um, and it's unfortunate because it's a bad example to their able-bodied peers Right. And it makes them feel insecure as children with disabilities. And so I saw that stuff. And I'm like, wow, that never happened to me. What is going on? You know? And my bones break. And they don't. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, no, I, I, I hear you about the idea of the mainstreaming being a mixed blessing sometimes. Because I, too, had the same experience where there were so many good things about... about being out there and being in the mainstream class and just kind of, I call it getting dropped into the jungle. But then <laughs> on the on the negative side, there are still so many things to be worked out for people with disabilities in the in the public schools, and it still does feel like dropping your kid in the jungle. Mm -hmm. um, um, there's uh, I do agree with you that there's there's a lot of fear about um, letting kids with disabilities be part of certain things. Like your story about the recess is reminding me of, I, we were going on this sixth grade boat trip and I wasn't nervous, my parents weren't nervous, but 
the teacher chaperone was obsessed with the idea that I would drown on the boat. And I was no more at risk for drowning than anybody else because we, we weren't in a pool. We were just sitting on a boat. So she kept leaving all these messages that she would nervous about me coming on this trip. And in the end, just to appease her, I was the only kid on the whole trip that had to wear a life jacket. When theoretically, we all should have been wearing life jackets that she just picked me. And I was like, what else are you going to do? Draw a blue square where I have to sit mm -mm. on the boat? And people like that, they would get so paranoid that sometimes it would ruin the idea of going on the field trip for me. And then people don't have, like I have another story I can tell you. Well, well, one good story before I get to the other one. Um, with me personally, when I was in high school, we went to on a PA trip and they got a bus and the bus was supposed to be accessible. It came and it wasn't. So what can I do about it? Nothing. So I started to go home when my classmates were like, oh, no, 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 no. You're coming. You're coming on this trip. And I was much heavier at the time. And these are my peers, my classmates. They picked me up carried me on the bus, carried my chair on the, my power chair on the bus. And throughout the trip, they would just pick me up randomly to see the bell or, you know, all the Liberty Bell and all that other stuff. And, and I will never forget it. You know, they came together because they saw me as their equal, you know, and, and, and so that was really good. And, and that was a great feeling. But now they discourage their peers from getting too close they're gonna hurt you or right. hurt themselves or whatever the case right. may be there's such a stigma and I, and I I don't want to see that you know one of the kids that I was talking about um, she met the requirements for a fifth grade trip she was um, in fifth grade check you know good grades check great attendance check you know she met these requirements and yet they said she could not go on the trip so I was like wait a minute I don't understand why this is happening why is she not allowed to go on the trip? Oh, the bus is inaccessible. I was like, no problem. I'll call the bus company and get an accessible bus. Mm -hmm. Call the bus company, not a problem. Then they tell me, oh, well, because she needs medication, which was probably just like a stool softener or something like that, nothing life-saving. Um, they said uh, she couldn't go because only a nurse can administer the um, medication. I mm -hmm. said, no problem. Call the board of ed. They provided a nurse. So then they told me um, she needed a chaperone. So then I said, no problem, I'll go with her. So then they said, well, there's only room for one chair on the bus. I said, no problem, she can transfer and I can sit in the spot. Then they told me because on her IEP, it says she is wheelchair bound, she couldn't get out of her chair. Mm. No problem, I called the Board of Ed and had them hire a para for the three or four day trip, whatever it was. The point of that is they tried to block me at every single point just to not have her go on the trip she deserved to go on to. And not many parents know or are willing or they're afraid to challenge the system, to challenge the school, to challenge anybody, you know, and it's ridiculous. It's, it, it, it makes me want to scream. <laughs> well, I, I... I hear you. I noticed the same thing when I was in school that I, I understand like wanting to be concerned about safety or whatever, but I feel like sometimes kids who want to be helpful towards their peers with disabilities are discouraged from doing so yeah. when they totally could. Like 
when I had a, a one-to-one, sometimes kids would want to do things for me, like simple things, like pick up my books or my pencils or, you know, take off my jacket. And I think when they saw the aid, they would think like, oh, it's her job to do that, so I can't. Or like, I can't do that because someone might get hurt. And then it's like, hold on a second, step back. Like, it's it's a jacket. It's not gonna, um, you're, you're not gonna hurt me. I'm not gonna hurt anybody else. So I think that you know, there's a point where helping someone with a disability is not that different from helping anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think things have changed in the schools a lot since you were in school or not? Yes, mm-hmm. but negatively. Mm-hmm. A lot more restrictions, a lot more liability. It it helped in the sense as far as like um, the equipment and things you need, like laptops or um, oh my god, what are the note takers and, and things like that. You know, like if you instead of having a one on one para when all you need is note taking, you know. Right. Um. So those things are have been improved in that, but I feel like the the worst thing is the liability stuff. That I mean, I've seen those kids come home upset and crying, feeling a certain way about how they were treated during their day, and it's it's just not okay. Yeah, no, I think it's important for people to hear that too. That as great as mainstreaming has been, and as far as we've come with inclusion, there are you know, still still some things that are hard and need to move in a better direction. So, um, but your, your mother raised a butt kicker, right? (laughs) I like to think so. (laughs) Um, Uh, what, what challenges did your family face and how, how did you guys adapt to them? Challenges how? Uh, just, just any, just anything and whether physical, social barriers, anything that really stuck out when you were growing up? You know, my mom, having the CP, she also has um, a lot of the cognitive stuff involved, too. And I noticed a lot of people would treat her badly because of that, like at doctor's appointments and things like that. And I know she fought, like, really hard for them not to treat her like that in front of me because she didn't want me to see her like that. So... Um, getting through to people that, yes, people with both physical and cognitive disabilities can have children and you don't have to judge us because of it. Or, um, people not wanting us to go into a store or a restaurant because it was too small and it was too many wheelchairs and things of that nature. And, you know, my mom's like, well... No, we're hungry, we have money, and we're going to eat here, and if you don't like it, then take it up with somebody who's going to sue you. So, (laughs) you know, like, and that's where I got a lot of that from. I remember, uh, I'm I'm veering off a little bit, but I remember, um, again, with the kids that I've been talking about, I went to Coney Island with the girl, and we had our girls' day, and once the sun went down, we were like, okay, we're going to get on rides. And we got on one ride, and the guy was like, nope. I'm sorry, you can't get on this. And I was like, why? And he was like, well, look at you guys. So I was like, hmm, oh my that's God. interesting. 
Well, I was like, well, we had a great day, so I'm not going to let that ruin me. So then we went to another ride, and she got on, and it took her a little bit, but there was no line or anything like that. And when she got off, she wanted to go again, and he said no because we slowed down the ride. So we had to get off the ride. And then there was another ride, the swings, and the woman was like, you guys can't come in here. You can't get on this. Look at you. Again. So then I had enough. And I went and I asked for the manager, and the manager came. I will not forget her. And she came up to me. I told her what was happening, and she was like, well, can you point out these people who said that? So I was like, yeah. So she takes me over. I take her over to the people, and she was like, which one? And I point. I was like, him. She was like, oh, you blah, 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 blah. And he was like, yes. And she was like, oh, great, you're done for the day. Goodbye. Fired him. And she went to that everybody and did the same exact thing. And I got a full refund and we got free passes for the year. And after that, they, um, when we went to rides, there was no problem. Even the people were like, hey, can we help you? And, but why did I even veer that far? <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it's because of my mom and, and the barriers that we experienced that I learned to stand my ground for myself and for the people that I love so that we all have the opportunity to be the independent, confident, hardworking people that we're all meant to be. And um, my mom, my mom is amazing and I love my mama to death and, and she is my strength, you know, especially coming from a very different time. I... Even uh, just being out with friends, I've noticed that still um, the too many chairs comment comes up a lot. Like, we don't have room for all those chairs, so we can't take you, or like, you know, we can only take two. And it's like, what do you do, ditch half of your family, or pull straws to see which of your friends you, uh, you leave behind <laughs> and and I, I I realized that pulse straws is the most ironic expression I could have chosen because a group of smart disabled people never waste a good straw do <laughs> mm. it's so it's so unfortunate that people think that their behaviors and the way they treat us is okay they see us like a whole other alien a whole different species, you know, and I, I'm loving, I'm hardworking, I'm strong, I'm independent, just like everybody else. I'm just sitting down. And why is that so hard for people to understand? I'll never know. Uh, do you think there's anything particularly uh, positive or interesting about having grown up with a parent with a disability? Positive? Yeah. Plenty. I mean, aside from all the stuff I've already said, with you know, teaching me my independence and all of that. Um, I always say to people that I am lucky. I am blessed. I'm fortunate to have a mother with a disability because um, I feel, and I mean this with no disrespect to anyone, but parents without disabilities are sometimes not able or don't feel confident or scared or have their worries in helping their children with disabilities be independent. You know, I wasn't coddled. I was told to do whatever it was that I needed to do to get done. And, you know, I went out my mom, I think I was going out at like 13. 
you know, by myself. I still had to call, you know, every hour on the hour kind of thing. But she didn't not let me do it because I was in a chair. I, I was at a greater advantage because she knows the ropes. She knows what I'm capable of doing. She sees disability as normal. It's just a thing. It's not anything different. It doesn't mean I'm not like anyone else. Versus able-bodied parents who have their reservations and they're scared. And I mean, you can't take that away from a parent because a parent worries regardless. But worry for the normal things, not for what you feel isn't normal. Right. I, um, I imagine that for you it was, uh, I sometimes feel, as a, again, I say this respectfully, that when you have a parent without a disability, sometimes it's like you're navigating two different cultures. Yeah. And, of course, there's some crossover with all people have things in common, but then there are things about living with a disability that you need need to learn from other people with disabilities. And so that must have been interesting for you, you know, having, having somebody who had already uh, learned the ropes, so to speak. I had friends who absolutely would call me all the time and be like, hey, can your mom help me with this and they have CD so they're calling my mom to see how they would do this or they would get her advice or they would be encouraged to see that there is another person with a disability who's living independent raising children and that kind of thing so would it, it helped motivate my friends or help my friends to realize that they can have the same things because my mom is doing it not only with a child but with a child with a disability so I mean I know a lot of friends who love my mother because of that and 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 it it is, it is mashing two different worlds, and but it's great to have my mom who I'm like, Ma, I can't get off the floor, and she'd be like, oh, get that box over there, put it against the wall, then take the pillow, and oh, got it, thanks, you know, and figure it out, you know, and, and so that was encouraging versus an able-bodied parent, be like, okay, I'm coming, I'm going to pick you up. So I had to figure it out because your parent isn't always going to be there. You know, even when it was things like in the bathroom, once you're in the shower, oh, God, I just dropped this. Now, nah, what do I do to get it? Or, you know, you, it, it, it was easy. Everything came easy and natural to us. And my mom, with use of only one good arm, I saw how she modified things all the time. So when I broke an arm, and I only had one arm, easy. Mm. If she can do it, I can do it. So, it, 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 yeah, it was just great. I even took after her being a lefty. I'm right-handed, but I drive left because when I used to drive her chair around the apartment, I became a lefty driving. So, <laughs> so there you go. Now you can use both hands. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I definitely hear you. I think that it comes up a lot that it, even if you do have an able-bodied parent and all able-bodied family members, it's still important to have role models with disabilities and to meet and see people who are older than you that have disabilities so you can sort of uh, learn the way and fill, fill in the blanks for things that a person without a disability maybe doesn't know off the top of their head. Mm -hmm. mm, what, what do you think are some misconceptions out there about parents with disabilities? Well, there's definitely the misconception that people with disabilities can't have children. <laughs> That's for starters. Um, 
let alone that they can do it independently or with assistance. You know, um, I know people who used to say, my gosh, you know, people who have disabilities shouldn't have children. And they, they wouldn't know that my mom had a disability. And then they would meet my mom and they'd be like, listen, so what I said about that, I'm kind of sorry. And I'm like, yeah, you feel like a jerk, don't you? And I mean, <laughs> but you can, I can understand, you know, I can understand where they're coming from. Um, I've even had people tell me that because my disability is genetic, that I shouldn't have children because I'm going to have a child with a disability. Uh, actually, quite recently, I had that conversation. And um, I understand where they're coming from um, because they don't go through it so they don't get it but I'm like do you ever see me angry do you ever see me upset do you ever see me sad you know I break and that takes six to eight weeks and then I'm back on my next grind you know it doesn't put me out forever you know I it's not a negative thing if people stop associating disability with a negative thing then it won't be a negative thing it's not the end of the world and my mom being a parent, having a disability, both physical and cognitive, she did a really good job. And her disability is not genetic. I didn't get CP from her. I got CP from my father. I mean, OI from my father. And it's it, it, it wasn't a big deal. Two parents have a disability. Two children have a disability. We just did what we needed to do, just like any other family does. You know, I she got me up, dressed me for school put me downstairs for the school bus, you know, waited for me, picked me up in the afternoon. No different from another parent. So I don't understand why there are any misconceptions. Um, nothing really surprised me anymore, but it is still, it's still outrageous to me that somebody would feel they have the right to be like, you shouldn't have children because it might be like you. Like, that's super rude. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, I, I would be compelled to say, what well, what do you mean it might be like me? You mean smart and beautiful Amen, and sister. strong? <laughs> so, if if your kid turned out like you, quote, quote, they'd, they'd be lucky because you're, you're, uh, you're a butt kicker, <laughs> no, a winner at life. <laughs> but... Right, right now you have your canine child, yes. <laughs> My pookie who's snoring, wake up, little girl, stop snoring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's everybody's entitled to have that love of a child and a parent, you know, that bond there, the going out, going to doctors for their milestone checkups and, you know, all those things. Nobody should not be entitled to having a child. Now, the only way you shouldn't be allowed is if you don't have yourself together. And what I mean is your finances, you know, those things that matter to anyone, not disability related, you know, but if you have right. a disability, you can be a quad on a ventilator. If you want a kid and you have everything set up just as an able-bodied parent does, by all means. But if you don't have those things in place and you can't feed yourself, but you're looking to bring a new body in the world, then that's completely different. Then it has nothing to do with a disability you're just a moron but <laughs> take care of your to take care of your child at any level of a disability is sorry <laughs> is totally a privilege and a blessing and any and everyone with a disability should do it right yeah pay your um, bills first though 
I, I, um, I hear you about uh, people automatically thinking disability is a is a negative thing when there can actually be a lot of positive things too. And I always caution people to understand that that doesn't mean we're gung ho about every single aspect of our disabilities all the time, or that we're super thrilled about every symptom that comes with it. But it to me it more means that you you know move forward and you still see that you can have a good life and you don't let people treat you as inferior because of your disability. So I think doctors also, they only focus on all the uh, quote, quote, bad things that are coming for you, but they don't actually know that there can be a lot of good things that come with a disability. So I wish before doctors open their mouths and they diagnose someone, they would be like, but also, you can go to really cool camps, and you can meet really cool people. Uh, and <coughs> Southampton Pressure Home. <coughs> cough, cough, yes. <laughs> um, and you can, you know, you can also have good experiences that you never would have had before. So, it's, it's not all, it's not all struggle. Every, everyone has their struggles, but it's not like having a disability needs that we're struggling all the time about everything. You know, speaking of struggling, uh, going back to my mom, if I would, even though we had help in the house, you know, with our home attendants and stuff, um, I would be doing something in a cast or outside of a cast or whatever the case may be, and a home attendant would want to help me. And my mom's like, no, leave her alone. Let her figure out how to do it. As long as she's not getting hurt, leave her alone. Let her let her figure out how to climb up on the bed, figure out how to get in her chair, figure out whatever the case may be. Let her do it. Stand by in case something happens, but don't do it for her. You know, so my mom did, wanted struggle in that sense. I think it's cool to be given the opportunity to figure things out for yourself. Of course, I always tell people you have to know that it's okay to accept help sometimes too. But, um, you know, you should be able to decide what's the right amount of help for you exactly. without someone forcing their unsolicited help on you. I'm a, I'm a big fan of knowing when you need to ask for help. And that goes for people with and without disabilities, but we also need a space like everybody else to uh, figure things out for ourselves, even if we have to use some really kooky method that no nobody else would ever come up with. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, how do you think um, the society can be more welcoming to parents with disabilities? I, well, with my Miss Wheelchair New York title, um, I started my own mentoring program and I started doing parent workshops for uh, able-bodied parents, you know, just to educate them a little bit on um, that kind of stuff. So I think things like that are useful. Um, I hate the term support, but not support, like resources. Um, uh, 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 a program of some something kind of like what I'm doing but on a bigger scale where more people know and can be like okay this is where I can learn and then people like yourself and me we can go and be like 
you know, hey, I have a disability and this is what I'm doing, you know, and just so that they can see it. Because once you see things and, and, and you experience these things and you see how more real they are and how capable the other person is able to do it, so then it lessens the fear, it lessens the stigma, it puts forward more stuff for encouragement, you know, and like, I was always told like, don't go on roller coasters and don't do this, don't do that. And I remember I, I went on, on a roller coaster. And you're still and here. And I'm still here and I didn't break anything, you know? So I'm not saying go out on a roller coaster, but you, you like you said a minute ago, you know your boundaries, you know what you can and cannot do. So um, I, I, I rather experience life and I rather parents let their kids experience life. Cause I'm, for me and my disability, my cousin said this to me, and I'll never forget. She said, you are going to break anyway. Do you want to break doing something stupid like sneezing or going on a roller coaster? Which one? And she's absolutely right. I'm not encouraging anybody to, like, hang glide or anything like that. It works for me. Right. But um, I'm go for me, I'm going to break anyway. So I'm just going to do cool things. But... It's like, you know, oh, I veered from your question. What was your question again? Um, about any more ideas of how can be more welcoming, welcoming to parents that have disabilities like your mother. Um, I, you know something? I've got to ask my mom how she did it. I don't even think she thought it. <laughs> you know, because being at a different time, there was nothing like this. Uh, they were taking kids away from... I remember when I was younger, somebody pulled me aside and was like, listen, when you're old enough and have kids, never have them at Bellevue because they take the kids away from parents with disabilities. So it was a thing at that time. I think not... that's something that still happens It's awful. Unfortunately. It's awful. So I think they... We just need to be out there more and on TV more and seen more in a positive way. And I want to say something that may sound negative and it's not intended to be. Um, we need to see more people who are born with a disability doing these things. It's great those who acquire a disability are out there too. I am not devaluing that or taking it away by any means. That's not what I'm doing. Um, but to see people who are lifers, thanks to my friend for that word, um, <coughs> they... I need to backtrack so we can edit that last piece I just said. <laughs> okay. So we need to see more lifers, thanks to my wonderful partner who gave me that word, um, who, who are, that are doing more things um, on TV, in the world, because those who acquire a disability already have come from the able-bodied world. So things are set up a little bit differently Yeah, in that sense. I agree with you. There. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and... And it's kind of like nothing, not that nothing has changed. I think it's just different. It's very different. No, I hear you. I've always said it's sort of we're viewed differently and that people who acquire disabilities, it's like this is something that happened to you and it's not really part of who you are. And then for us, when we're born that way, I think people sometimes look down on us because yes. it's like... Yes. It's like, oh, this is part of who you are, and we don't really know how to react to that. Um, 
That being said, I know a lot of people who acquire disabilities go on to consider their disability a big part of their identity, but they're coming from a place where people, you know, for a long time viewed them as a typical quote-quote person, and we never had that. Yeah. So, um... And that... That drives me nuts. That 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 part. So I want to see more lifers, more born people with disabilities out there, and and so that way it's not seen. Versus the ones who acquire, they're like, oh, you know, they're going through it despite everything. No, I'm doing it because of it. You know, I'm great. I'm strong. Right. I'm powerful. I see me. You know, I don't. I feel like sometimes people are just they they pick Barbie doll looking people to play these roles. Oh, totally. In, and they're in a chair, but they're a Barbie doll. And not that that's not great either. I know some really bomb women in wheelchairs. I, myself, are one, and so are you. But I want to see that. I want to see women with traits on magazines and on the TV. And I want to see, you know, all of that. Right. Not the perfect right. person I, with a disabled I body. Think the, I think the media still tends to pick people that have, like, you know, sort of, uh, I, I always call it what, what able-bodied people consider to be an attractive yes. impairment, something that's not too far outside the box and doesn't make them too uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but the thing is, you know, not, not everybody is, you know, uh, a, a, a supermodel in a sporty, yes. a tiny, a basketball wheelchair with no back. Yes. Everybody looks different and it it kills me to see like these same like beauty standards where everyone has to look like a model also imposed on people with disabilities. You know, we're always telling people you know, not to judge us on our differences and then I think we do it amongst ourselves sometimes. Of course. Based on, you know, who we pick to highlight in the disability community. Mm-hmm. I, 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 like I said, I want to, oh, I forget that girl's name. The one who did the Target, she has a disability. Is it Target? I don't know, I love that. That was great, that was phenomenal. You know, see me, I was born like this, I went from day one like this, I'm gonna leave like this embrace me because I'm not going anywhere you know just uh, my trach is beautiful my legs no matter how curved up they are because of my fractures they're beautiful you know don't take that away from me I always tell everybody that my wheelchair makes my ass look fabulous don't take that away from me it is my number one accessory and it's it, it and it's true and I want to see that and I think if more people see that it will help parents it will right. help everybody, society, yeah. everyone in a whole. I think there's still a temptation to when people with disabilities are highlighted in the media to like try to take them out of the chair or hide the chair or mm -hmm. like, you know, prop them up somehow without the chair. And I I always wanted to be seen in the chair because that's, that's how people see me on a regular day. And I didn't see any reason to change that so to me if I was taken out of the chair and propped up or the chair was covered in some way it would it would look silly to me because when people are like 
I don't even see the chair. I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? You don't see my chair. How do you see me then? Sitting on thin air. (laughs) Like, I work really hard to decorate it. I picked out the color. I want you to see it. Also, if you don't see it, then you've totally overlooked all the logistics that you need to consider when you're inviting me somewhere. If you don't see my chair, then it would be like, let me invite you to a place with 10,000 stairs. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to say Because I think it. they, first of all, I don't think they're coming from a bad place, one. No, I don't think so either. But they, I think they're trying to make you feel better in one right. way. And I'm just like, wait a minute. I think well-meaning no. people think that makes us feel good. Yeah. That doesn't make me feel good because it's like, why can't you see me and the chair and still see an equal person to you? Like, why do we have to make the chair go away for you to see me? Mm-hmm. I appreciate that they're not, like, letting my entire person get swallowed up by the chair, but we're we're always going to be together. So. <laughs> mm. uh, I, I tell people, you know, I was born like this, I'm going to stay like this. And then I always put, well, actually, I wasn't born with the chair. That would have been a difficult birth. <laughs> but, um, you know, we've, 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 oh, I've always had a chair, and I, 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 I like it. I don't, I don't like when we can't get into places and when they say too many chairs, you can't come here. But generally speaking, I'm, I'm very comfortable in my chair, and... I sometimes feel like, oh gosh, walking, how do people do it all day? I don't want to do it because they complain so much about it. My feet are tired, my back, my I shut up, I don't want to do it, it sounds ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous, stop it. So I'd rather be in my chair, get from one place to the next without being tired and all this complaining. I um, am lucky. I can stand a little bit and I enjoy it for exercise, but I don't know why the world talks like our wheelchairs are like some kind of confining torture devices Mm -hmm. because I'm able to do a lot of things I couldn't do without the chair. If I didn't have a power chair, I wouldn't be going all over a college campus. Mm -hmm. I'd be stuck in one spot so when people are like, the chair confines her. No, no, it doesn't. Without it, I'd be laying on the floor. <laughs> well, That's how they would prefer and, to see us on and, the floor. <laughs> and then I would call your mom and I would say, I'm stuck on the floor <laughs> and I don't know how to get up. Can you bring me a box? And I go up. You know, and having to help my mom, too, now that you said that, I mean, there's been times where my mom has hit the floor herself, and I've had to get her up, you know? So it taught me that kind of physical strength, too, and not panic, and and, and I can help people, and yeah, going back to my mama. (laughs) And like I said, disclaimer here, know when you need to ask for help. It is okay to ask for help. Don't put yourself in any kind of kooky, dangerous situations. But also, don't don't automatically assume that the people with disabilities can't solve their own problems because we are very inventive. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is there uh, any anything else that you want to add? 
I love my mommy. <laughs> I was gonna say, don't forget to say you love your mom. <laughs> and I love mine too. I love yours too. <laughs> my mom doesn't have a disability, but I love her to death and she has show, shown me the way and give, given me the best life that anyone could and there I'm really blessed that she has also allowed me to be around uh, other people with disabilities and to learn from them and recognize that there are some things that she can't know as directly as I do li living uh, with the disability so she knows when to step step back and let people who have been there take over and uh, show me the way. You know, you said that and it just made me think of one more thing too. You know, I'm, I'm saying that able-bodied parents, you know, don't know certain things, but then there's also the other side of able-bodied parents who separate, your mom did the benefit of letting you go to spa, finding it for you. And there's a lot of able-bodied parents who don't let their kids, associate with that side of life, who take that part out of the equation and, and kind of want to move on through life and not associate themselves with disability. Right. And so they're overcomplishing and achieving and doing all these things. You know, we, they, they see the chair, they themselves see the chair as the negative. So don't use that as an excuse. You could do whatever you want, blah, 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 blah. And, and they think they're motivating them, but they're separating them from the culture of disability culture. Right, I think that's important to have, and I, um, I think, you know, sometimes parents are bogged down by the stigma around them, and they think, like, oh, you don't need to be with, with other people with disabilities, like, you're not one of those people, and they don't realize how, how harmful it is to push your kid away mm -hmm. from people who are like them and share their experiences, because... Of course, it's great to be out in the world with all kinds of people, but sometimes you need to talk to someone who has been in the same boat. So I think it's really... Did you have a life vest on in that boat, though? Uh, <laughs> no, no, only, only, only me. Well, actually, if the boat is full of disabled people, then we would all need to have life vests on. And a nurse. And from somebody who's already been where you've been mm -hmm. and asking another parent is not the same as asking someone older with a disability that's actually lived it because my mom always says 
I raised you and I've learned a lot of things from raising a child with a disability, but it's still not the same as me having the disability. So at the end of the day, it's not my story to tell, it's yours. Exactly, exactly. And to touch back quick on the last bit you were saying when I made the joke, um, it, 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 it's a sense of pride. You know, we have Puerto Rican pride, we have Dominican pride, we have black pride. Why can't we have disability pride? Well, embrace that culture, love that culture, take it in, spread it out. And like you said, mix and mingle with everybody else. I mean, it's just, we're all people. We're all people, yeah. we're all trying to live. Yeah. This place would be so much better if we were all a little kinder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for uh, chatting with us. Thank you, my Kathleen. And, um, again, I'm Kathleen, and I'm intern, and this is my friend Jessica. And uh, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Uh, obviously, we've been friends for many years, but I learn something new from you all the time. <laughs> Thank you, Kathleen.